With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. This is a a Light in the Darkness podcast. Uh, Today's guest is William Ramsey. He is the author of uh, Abomination, Prophet of Evil, and Children of the Beast. He is the director of the Smiley Face Killers and Occult Hollywood Volume 1 and uh, recently released Volume 2 onto Vimeo that's available for to rent or to buy. And uh, how you doing, William? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, just for the guests, if you could just give a little a little uh, background of yourself and, you know, just basic rundown. Sure. I think that I was always kind of interested in all, I was willing to look into alternate, alternate history, alternate views of things and kind of led me to question a lot of mass media and governmental statements and really kind of, I was a researcher into 9-11, very independent and all the numerology of the date of September 11th, 2001 led me back to Aleister Crowley. So I really became a a person who wanted to see who this person was, not what other people were telling me, but really kind of delve deep into his biographies, into his own personal writings, and really try to get the, the gist of who this person was. And then once I did that, I was pretty shocked to see how uh, many people spinned or uh, deflected some of the truths about Aleister Crowley. So I, I was uh, intent on exposing those. I wrote my first book, uh, Prophet of Evil, Aleister Crowley, 9-11 and the New World Order, I think 2010, 2011 it was published. And then um, I wrote a book after finding out the kind of Crowley influence upon a very important true crime case that a lot of people know about, the West Memphis Three. I wrote Abomination, Devil Worship, and Deception in the West Memphis Three Murders. I also traced the impact of Crowley upon 20th century history and culture in my book, Children of the Beast. Uh, uh, Alistair Crowley's shadow over humanity uh, because his influence was much more vast, I think, than the average person uh, realizes or comprehends. So that I think I I was kind of the attempt of that book. And then I I became a student of what was known as the Smiley Face Killers. I was curious about it, and I really read everything I could and came up with a a three-and-a-half-hour documentary titled The Smiley Face Killers, who was... uh, abducting, torturing, and murdering college-age men in the U.S. and U.K., this kind of global phenomenon of young men disappearing at night, being found in water, oftentimes much later than when they should have been found. And so there's a lot of mystery and confusion surrounding that, so I tried to uh, shed some light on that. And then also Occult Hollywood was like something I had done in 2010, 
kind of as an exercise. It was an early documentary, so I just re-edited it. A lot of that information and came out with the Colt Hollywood, I think, last month or two months ago. And so that's volume two, and that's available on Vimeo. So that's kind of like my work, my background. I have a BA in history. I have a JD. I'm a member, uh, inactive member of the State Bar of California. And uh, I'm just kind of, I was really just a person who was frustrated with uh, the, the glaring omissions of the corporate media and the mass media in the country. So really, that's what kind of uh, incentivized <laughs> or, or wanted me to actually put out things I thought were important. So I spent a lot of time, like during the 2016 election, trying to expose how physically sick Hillary Clinton was. That's on my YouTube channel, William Ramsey Investigates. And I've been doing a lot of recent podcasts on a variety of subjects, a lot mostly true crime. And that's on my podcast, William Ramsey Investigates. So that's kind of like a long, long uh, recitation of what I've been up to. No, yeah, no, that's that's good. It's thorough. Um, And so just for people, because I know a lot of people listening to this might already be familiar with Crowley, but what would be like for somebody that's just listening to this that, you know, they might have heard of him, kind of like a, a Sparks notes of who this man was? You know, I, you know, I think I had that same kind of uh, impression of Crowley. I'd heard the song Mr. Crowley from Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't really know if this person was influential, but I, he was born in 1875. He died in 1947. And he was from, he was really the only son from a group of Plymouth brethren. They were followers of uh, Darby, this kind okay. of dispensationalist. So he was actually part of the, exclu- his family was part of the exclusive brethren which was a subset of Darby. And he rebelled against his parents. His father died when he was 12. He came, he was very wealthy for that time. So he's a member of their upper class. He was sent to uh, boarding schools, the best schools that London had to offer. And at a certain point he said, you know, I, I didn't want to just get to know Satan. I wanted to become his chief of staff. So he really dedicated his life to three subjects, at least when he was younger, which was occultism or magic with a K uh, mountaineering and poetry. So he saw, thought of himself as literature, but I think the import, importance uh, in some of Crowley was really his kind of a new age approach of the man as God in a very general sense, and that you can do whatever you want. His dictum was do what thou wilt should be the whole of the law, an 11 syllable, 11 word statement. 11 was really kind of his primary number. That's the number of magic. Five and the six, the macrocosm and the microcosm coming eleven. That's why elevens are so suffused within occultism. But uh, I think that's really the gist of what Crowley and he started his own religion based upon a book he received in Egypt in 1904 called he called it the Book of the Law, which uh, references the Book of the Law in Masonic practice. And uh, uh, he received that book from a being he called Awas, which later he explain that as lucifer or satan so this this kind of uh, entity was really kind of the foundation of his religion that he kind of drafted out with all kinds of ritual practice and things like that that he had learned from the masons from the golden dawn which was a magical fraternity and the oto which he became the head of a uh, group called the ordo templi orientis an actual german secret society um and became its head in 1925 until 1947 so uh, really i think really that's kind of the general overview yeah, yeah, of yeah. 
Yeah, and then he I, I mean, I, he had ties to MI5, right? Or right. Like so spying, be, espionage. and Absolutely. So I think before the, what happened in Britain is they broke their intelligence services into uh, the, the local ones. The UK is MI5 and then international is MI6. But before okay. That, okay. there was something called the Secret Intelligence Service, which Crowley was a part of and worked for the probably worked for intelligence in Britain till he was dead. But primarily he was involved in um, making sure the U S did not go uh, to war, uh, making sure the U S went to war with Germany while he was in New York from about 1913 to 1917. And then also he was spying on uh, Mussolini when the black shirts took over the government in Rome so he was in. And is that is did, did he have his Abbey at that time? Yeah, well, right around that time, correct. So his Abbey of Thelema was in Sicily, at okay. Chevalu from I think if a function between nineteen, roughly nineteen twenty to nineteen twenty four, before okay. he was kicked out. So he was kicked out of yeah, kicked out of Italy, kicked out of France for espionage and occultism. Okay, yeah, yeah, and that's uh, is there is there really any? Like, like, what what caused him to become involved with the intelligence services? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I think that a lot of these intelligence services recruited from the best colleges in the UK, of which uh, Cambridge and Oxford are probably the top. And so that's where he was at school, was at Cambridge. And he was probably recruited right from the beginning because he was actually, he went to, he had this kind of traveling troop of women that went to Russia in like 1904, 1903, there were a lot of things happening in Russia at that time. I think the first Duma was around that time. So he seemed to be spying. Actually, he integrated what he saw from Orthodox Christianity in Russia into his religion because he liked all of the... Uh, the Liturgical, the kind of, like, ceremony. Yeah, and Exactly, the, the liturgy, the, the ceremony, the style, the... Um, yeah. Or you can, you can see that from the pictures I've seen of a, the, it's like a Gnostic mass, I think he called it. Yep, the Gnostic mass, he said, was taken from an Orthodox, uh, Orthodox ceremony that he saw. So he did, I mean, he traveled, so he, he really, in a very rare time, he circumnavigated the globe twice. And so he was able to, you know, he never actually had a, what we would call a standard nine to five job. He never worked. So he used to. So he was, what, what, what would be today, like a trust fund baby? Or exactly. That's exactly okay. okay. So he was able to do mountaineering expeditions in India back when India was a, co a colony of the uh, of England. He went to China. He went to modern day Vietnam, which was named differently. He came through San Francisco, spent time in the U.S., traveled through the United States. Um, so he he uh, he saw just much of the world at a time when not too many people had that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And he actually brought back a lot of information from the East. So he tried to integrate this kind of Eastern religious ideas of uh, yoga and um, Hinduism and, and I what, China into his religion. And what, what time period was this? Well, he died in 1947, but when he was traveling around the world, he was yeah. very young. He was probably in his late 20s. He received the so, Book of the Law in 1904 when he was 29 in Egypt on his way back from a trip. So I, I can imagine this is why it was so appealing to people is he was, you know, because today we have, you know, we're exposed to everything. We can see every religion, every 
But at that time, he was, you know, bringing things back to England that people probably had no idea about, like religious practices, very exotic. Yes, I would definitely agree with that. So he knew all of these kind of spiritual states that the Hindus and yoga, you know, uh, people, uh, what's the word, like gurus used to know. So he referenced himself as a guru. So he had all these words and terms that uh, were just being exposed to the Western world probably in the late 19th century due to uh, the ability of people to really travel around. So he was definitely... So in a sense, he was he was uh, very intelligent. Yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I and like scholarly in like a yeah. lot of his approach to... Yes. I think one researcher said that he almost had kind of like a Protestant work ethic as a Satanist. And that's kind of what distinguished him is because he was constantly putting out material. I mean, he really, his corpus has never really been assembled by any of, even the people who really admire Crowley uh, has never really been assembled and put in one book or anything because he was also a journalist at the time. So he wasn't just creating a religion. He was writing poetry and writing for publications like Vanity Fair, writing fiction. So uh, he was always, that was kind of what his, uh, you know, the purpose of the way that he purposed his life. Yeah, and then, so, he travels the world, uh, is involved with spying, and then how does he eventually tie in where he becomes such a prominent influence in America, in, like, the, the, the Hollywood movie scene? Well, that's a, that's a, a long, drawn-out question. I think that people had a kind of a, uh idealized view of Crowley and saw him as a liberator of the human spirit. And also, he was into kind of free love and also drug use. So I think that when the 60s rolled around and that there were newer gurus, particularly Timothy Leary and some of these other people, they referenced Crowley. Tim Leary himself thought that he was, he had kind of like a, a past life connection to Crowley. I think he called it, synchron- he had a synchronous life like Crowley's. They were in the same place in Algeria, Busada. So I think that that was carried, he actually said in a kind of an infamous video interview that he was carrying on the work of Aleister Crowley and uh, Aleister Crowley himself wanted to create a religion that would he had very he was very ambitious he wanted to create a religion that would really take over the world and and crush really his idea of Christianity and he called it the birth of the child he thought it was going to take place in the 60s so in some ways you can interpret this social change cataclysmic social change that happened in the 60s as uh, something influenced by Aleister Crowley. And on that, like, what would, do you know what his views were on, like, Islam? and? Yeah, I mean, he actually had kind of strange positive influ- in, uh, views of Islam. He, he used kind of... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He referenced Islamic faith. He was an admirer of Muhammad. He really had a lot of his venom was mostly for Christianity. So he wrote a bunch of nasty tracks. The World's Tragedy was the title of a book. The Tragedy is Christ. So in that book, like Crowley is going to take Christ's place. So he had very, uh, 
like I said, very ambitious aims. I don't think they were ever realized, but um, yeah. So I think that he he had sympathies and uh, and he took and picked and chose certain things from all of these different doctrines, primarily from Eastern religion, not so much as far as I know from Islam. Although he called some of his religion like a Qibla or a Kaaba, like you're supposed to face that kind of like current Muslims face Mecca. So there is yeah. references and there's references in of concepts and ideas from Muslim religion in the book of the law. Okay. Okay. And then, I, you know, a lot of people might say, you know, just like how you were saying, they interpret, you know, how you kind of have Levian Satanism where they're saying it's more of like a Nietzschean, like philosophical. Right. There's no real entity. Yeah. But Crowley wasn't that he, no. did, he believed the, like a, a deity that's objectively like a spirit that is Satan. Correct. Okay. I don't think there's any question. When he said that he was writing the Book of the Law in April of 1914, there was a being over his shoulder that was dictating this to him. So it was really a received book. And then he mentioned, he called it Iwas, but he also threw out his writings. He's praying to Iwas. He's searching for Awas, this being AI. W-A-Z, this uh, Lord of the Air, which Christians can reference or recognize that phrase. Um, from yeah, him. yeah. So, he, you know, so he's talking about that. And, you know, he just basically admits that I was a Satan in, in kind of a, a well, well, not a real, but in a key paragraph in one of his writings. Like he acknowledges that he was a Satan and Lucifer. So um, and there's interesting parallels between him and Muhammad when he received the Quran. Right. Absolutely. I totally agree. So, you know, you can see the Quran as a received book. You can see the Book of the Law as a received book. Yeah. The Mormon as a received book. That these all come from some kind of other other plane through automatic writing or things like that. I was talking to an earlier interviewer a couple of weeks ago about Marianne Williamson's book, A Course in Miracles. And she's literally trying to run for president based upon a book that was received. That was like received by, by some entity so it's not oh it's really i didn't know I, i've heard i've heard yeah. of that but i didn't know that was oh, that's right it's probably it's much more present than people were willing to acknowledge yeah she's a new ager so yeah one of these same kind of doctrines it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Okay. So, yeah. So then. You were saying like Timothy Leary that you know the sixties, the the like sex, drugs, rock and roll. Right. And so a lot of those prominent people were directly influenced by Absolutely. the writings of Crowley. No question. New of them, the Rolling Stones, the uh Led Zeppelin, many of them had really direct tracked, references. Yeah. The Doors had an album on the back of it is a bust of Crowley, Jim Morrison's over that. Uh, you know, there's talk about the Rose of Mysterious Union, like blood rituals, which Crowley was involved in, blood drinking, the 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 cakes of light are like yeah, they're basically yeah, yeah, human very vile. Yes. So 
Um, there's definitely a strong por- por- a part of the 60s, which I think, and even the, the homosexual gay rights movement, Harry Hay used to play uh, the piano or the organ at AOTO uh, rituals here in Hollywood in, in Los Angeles. So, yeah, and that's it's just fascinating. That's what gets you know, uh, watching your movie, it's just like it gets your head spinning because, regardless of how you approach, you know, like this type of topic or religious beliefs, I mean, the connections are there, no doubt. There's and, no and, doubt, and, and what you do with those connections, that's up to your worldview. But you know, you can't deny that, like, all these people knew each other. All of them have, you know, very strange, like, uh, like, what shocked me was, like, Kinsey. I never heard of Alfred Kinsey. Yeah. And what? So Kinsey and Anger are friends, Kenneth Anger. Yeah, and, and, so and how Kinsey was pay. almost promoting pedophilia. Oh, I think that at the end of his so-called pseudoscientific research, it's not really science, it's pseudoscientific, his... His general outlook was the same as the Satanists. You can do whatever you want. Sex with anybody, sex with anything, and any time is permitted. And that's basically Crowley's same outlook. So, uh, Yeah, and that type of, like, Crowley was a pure, like, occultist, but then how... It seems like in the 60s, they were then trying to justify all these mystical things scientifically. I agree with that. Yes. Like, esoteric, and, you know... and. I guess you would even see it today with a like a like lot of quantum physics. Like they're they're bordering on saying like, oh, there's a spirit world, but they're like, oh, there is no God though. Right. So there's a spirit world of quantum uh, mechanics that are out of the human eye, but yeah, it's not a spirit world. It's just a different plane of existence, and there can be infinite worlds alongside of us. And it's like, well, you know, that sounds a lot like you're admitting there can be other spiritual realities. Sounds like it to me. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, to get back, so, you know, you had that whole time period of, uh, like, anger and how he was, uh, I mean, I don't know what his his sexuality was, but it seems like... homosexual. Okay, yeah, it seems very much like he was promoting, like, a very, what would you call it, like, Oscar Wilde, you know, where you have this very, like, hedonistic lifestyle. Yes, I would definitely agree with that, for sure. And... Yeah, yeah, no, and it just seems like that whole time period, it, it exploded. You know, you had, like, the 50s, which, you know, probably had its own issues, but it, it just exploded. I mean, it, would you attribute a lot of that sexual revolution that came out, a lot of it, to Crowley? I think that he was an important component. I don't know the totality. He's a soul, I, okay. Yeah, but I do think that there was social engineering taking place by the government, Leary himself could have been a lot like Crowley in that he's a government agent, you know, his connections to the CIA, his connections to um, Aldous Huxley, I cover in my book, Children of the Beast. So, um, and Huxley, I think Huxley wrote a book called Do What You Will or something like that. So very similar Crowley ideology. So he seemed to be... Yeah, and the doors of perception, I think, and that's where the doors got, yeah. Well, the actual word psychedelic was coined by Huxley. So, oh, okay. I didn't know. Yeah, that. so okay. a lot, yeah, so a lot of these words, terms, and stuff came out of the '60s by people who knew Crowley. So this, this same, they would the the Satanists or the occultists would call it a current. So there's like a band called Night Currents '93. So they could call it a current of Crowley's teachings, suffuses the culture, and probably, you know, it really kind of bounced up in the '60s, and people went through it and they got done like 
what happened. It didn't really stick, although the 70s had its own, uh, you know, hedonism, but I don't think it was as philosophically tied as much to magical or new yeah. age as is the 60s, yeah. Yeah, it was just more of like a decadence of like... Yes, I think so. Yeah, and, and that, that, it's, it's interesting because in that whole time period too, you have the CIA that's just, there's a thread of them running through so much. Absolutely. That you can, I mean, it's almost like, are they, I almost feel like they're almost promoters of this type of occultism. Well, that's a good question. I mean, you get into it very different. I think that when, like, even when the first question of our discussion is Crowley and the intelligence. So how many intelligence agents are occultists? If you look at the founding of the CIA, when there's a picture of Truman signing the National Security Act, which created the CIA, and behind him, half the people are members of Skull and Bones. You know, and so Skull and Bones guys are doing rituals, they're Illuminists, possibly even part of the Illuminati, dictating this thing where they can actually feed off the American tax person and do whatever they want. And then the 50s come and the CIA is involved in everything. Government overthrow, literally overthrowing governments all around the world, subverting them, taking a lot of money. There was usually a significant financial incentive in any of one of these uh, governmental overthrows in, in whether it's Central America, Iran, these other countries. And then they overthrew the country in 1963 by killing our own president, November 11th. November 22nd, 1963, which is an interesting date because that's also when Huxley died. So Huxley, John F. Kennedy, and C.S. Lewis all died on the same day. Yeah, I remember hearing that, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah and that... And... So, so it, here's, a, here's oh, one way to look at it. Look at, look at it this way, Nick. So you could see these occultists in the CIA fulfilling this new world order objective by subverting, not not necessarily overt, but overthrowing these governments, all in the interest of solidifying this new world order objectives. Because you don't know how many of these these other countries have heads who are actually hyper highly CIA uh, influenced by the CIA or owned by the CIA. You don't know. Back yeah, in the- and that. And, and I, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, when they put the Shah of Iran in after they kicked out Mossadegh, he was basically, you know, his whole thing is secret intelligence was all set up by the U.S. So he was kind of became a puppet and then British oil and everybody uh, kept their financial interests. So what other countries is that like? How many of the countries can you list and go through that during that time? You know, uh, these guys really had an interest, particularly in, the, in Central America. I think that was much more common. But the same kind of thing happened in Chile, the Chilean overthrow of a left-wing government of Allende, of all things, was, you know, engineered by a lot of these same people. I, can't, I wish I could remember the date, 71. <laughs> but the overthrow of him took place on September 11th. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it, you it's just... it yeah, you can't make it up. So, you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the 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 double helix of occultism and espionage or or intelligence, you know, goes back to Crowley and probably even before him. I mean, if you look at some of these early. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
followers of the queens of England that we know of, uh, particularly in France as well, they usually had these guys who were like both occultists, poisoners, and fixers, you know? So Yeah, and that almost, to me, ties back to the... Uh... The assassins in the yes. Middle East. I yeah. forgot you say Hashashin. I forgot, I can't say it. Well, I think well, it, it was the Hassashin because it's based on yeah. something like that. But it's interesting because I, I I referenced that in this Donald Camel movie performance yeah. where they reference that they're talking about nothing is true, everything is permitted during this initiation sequence where they're initiating this guy into their kind of uh, Mick Jagger's illuminate, you know, initiating this guy using this term. So, And how the, the that group was very, I mean, because you hear of other groups like the OTO and they're not as, you don't see them as like a military power or like a, a group to be reckoned with. But it seemed like the assassins were a mixture of an occult group and the Taliban. Yeah, no, I totally agree. You know, so they had like this, uh, I mean, I, from what I understand, I guess the Crusaders were, they're afraid of them. Right. So, so I mean, what if, what in the modern world is like that? Is it the process church have those ideas? I know exactly, that yeah. Burroughs talked about that stuff. Nothing is true. Everything is permitted, which is almost like a corollary to do what thou wilt, right? If everything yeah, is permitted, and I, and I almost, do what you want. It's almost the same meaning, I think. Yeah, and I almost see like this, like a correlation between like, it gets confusing because it, it, you know that there's probably people involved with this like the CIA, maybe as an institution itself, it wasn't created to be in an occult group, but it's been infiltrated by occultists. Well, I mean, if you look at a lot, you know, I would make that, that's a great point. How many of these people from Skull and Bones are involved? How many Masons? How many people want to go? I mean, look at George Bush Sr. is making all kinds of New World Order speeches 11 years before 9-11, talking about a New World Order and... This is a guy who came out of Skull and Bones, you know, Yale super elite, um, you know, a very, almost kind of like an American Caesar in a lot of ways because George W. George Bush Senior was involved in so many events um, in our modern history. Whether yeah, you yeah. can go back to, um, you can go back. I mean, you don't know the totality of it, but you can go back to Kennedy's death, the shooting of Ronald Reagan, who's the chief beneficiary. Um, you can go back to the installation of a son. You can go to that speech at the United Nations. And I show in my documentary, this, these, I mean, you got I mean, these, the, there's a correlation between the architecture of the UN, the Georgia Guidestones and this obelisk or monolith in, in 2001, a space odyssey. It's not by mistake. Yeah. And that's, that's what's shocking about it is because I guess that, you know, people would have a hard time like believing like, Oh, you know, this is, but it's all these coincidences put together. Right. Right. And that's what I would encourage people to do too, is don't take anything. Anybody says off Facebook, but just look at it, you know? And Right. Well, you don't have to believe anything I said, but yeah. You know, yeah. What's scary is that there are networked groups who are clearly sh sharing information. That's not public. And I, you know, I think that that's what happened in the West Memphis three too, is that, People who are networked talk to one another and, and try to make a change in the world by getting these three guys out of jail. So, I mean, you know, these things do happen. And I think that um, people are naive to think that secrets aren't kept. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you, you see that with any time you get like a big power structure institution, they're going to, I mean, you see with the Catholic Church what's going on. Absolutely. Oh, great point. Look at the CA. I think you, you sign like all kinds of non disclosure agreements. 
You get fired for telling the truth. You know, so the whole thing, I've done these studies, these recent books on CAA mind control experiments in California. So it was three books, Chaos by Tim O'Neill, Lisa Pieces, um, book about Sirhan Sirhan, and Donald DeFries, a book, uh, uh, Schreiber was his name. But all these guys are like being experimented on in, a, in California uh, penitentiaries. It's crazy. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's just the strange things happen that don't make it to the public. Basically. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think a lot of it isn't like it's something that it like how we're talking about it here. It's like there's all these you know uh, like facts and evidence, but it doesn't have a nice tidy conclusion. Right. So I don't think people really want. You know what I mean? I uh, know. I know exactly what you mean. Like yeah, and I think not that's applicable. You don't know how that came to be. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, you know, but it's still important because, you know, the only way people, you know, connect the dot is if this information shared with people. Right. Well, I think that once it gets shared, you learn from different sources and then it becomes more accepted once you learn that information. So I think that just the sharing or the edification, even like my interviews for the books, because once you once you start seeing these same similarities between these killers or these um, assassinations or these weird social engineering events, you see that there's got to be a hand behind it because you see the same kind of uh, blueprints. Yeah, yeah, just the threat of... It, it, it just nothing adds up a lot of times, too. You know, like with the JFK, just to lightly touch on that, I mean, with like the magic bullet theory and just... <laughs> And, 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 but and here's the thing is the mind control aspect of the jfk a lot of people don't go into it. they're just telling you what it is it is your three shots the magic bullet believe it right they want you to believe it so bad how many of these other events look at epstein he was on a bunk bed and committed suicide they just tell you that over and over on the news so okay yeah and it, i mean and i almost catch myself almost just accepting it yeah, they keep, <laughs> they keep telling this this talking point of being a bunk bed, but I'm looking at they, who's in a special housing unit of the Metropolitan Correctional Center that has beds that are about eight inches off the ground. There's no bunk beds in there, so why? Yeah, and I think they're made of concrete. They're built yeah. into the yes. It's not like a metal frame with bars. Oh. It's specifically oh. so they don't hang themselves. They don't have a. Oh yeah, that whole story does not add up. So. You know, these events are still happening. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, and that that's, you know, there's so many different avenues to go on, but it, I guess bringing it, you know, so you had Crowley's influence throughout the 60s leading on in the 70s. And I'm not too sure about the 80s and 90s, but I know even today. Yes. With, uh, I think Jay-Z has, yes. you know, wears shirts that say, do what thou wilt and the signs they're making, and it, it, it's it been attributed to them already, but it almost is a joke. Yes. Yeah. Like, they embrace it, you know? They're like, oh, Luma, and I think it's almost deception by just making, like, they're, they're, they're trying to make fun of it, so it just becomes like, oh, that's just, you know, that's right, a kooky... But, it, but it's also a culture of creation, in my opinion, you know? I think that they might laugh it off, but they're actually putting it out there for as kind of like a carrot for people who are interested in going that route. I think that that's why it's there. People, yeah. And it's so especially... not everybody, right. So not everybody inquires, 
you and I may inquire and look at that and go, wow, this is black magic. But some other people may look at it and go, oh, how do I get involved in this? How do I? Yeah, this is how they became successful. So why wouldn't I, you know, seek this out? Yes. And and, I mean, that's the going back. That's the other concerning thing is, is like, you know, you have. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I would say around the time of the sexual revolution, you kind of had Christianity lose its its influence in popular culture. I would agree. I would say that almost the 60s was a supplantation of American Christian ethos in a lot of ways. And there was a rebellion against that. So I think that almost all those leaders of the counterculture... We're creating a counterculture. I don't. I don't think. I think it was accurately uh, described as a counterculture. It was a counterculture of the fifties, right? So, uh, blow up the nuclear family, sexual licentiousness, drugs, new forms of music, Eastern religion. You know, it's all there. All the Crowley, All that stuff is right out of Crowley. Not necessarily directly from Crowley, but it's the same kind of playbook. Yeah, just pure subversion. Yes. And that's like the concerning subversion and replacement. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, once you 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 cut the legs off of basically Christianity, I mean, we're left like like you said, like with somebody with the way musicians promote, you know, Jay Z with Crowley. I mean, there's really no strong alternative standing there saying like, no, this is this is wicked stuff. That's on the pop culture level. Agreed. I mean, where in the pop, where do you see somebody who's a, a Christian? In oh, the yeah. It doesn't exist. And and that's, I mean, even with. Empty, yeah. Like Chris Pratt, like. You There's know, the, one, right. Yeah, but even him, I mean, I'm not saying he's divorced, but, you know, regardless, I, I won't judge him on the divorce. What I will judge him on is when he was sticking up for James Gunn. Yeah, bad, yeah. And that, you know, it's not, you know, I I think that when that's your job, you just kind of maybe have to fall in line sometimes. Don't you think? Don't you think there's all kinds of hidden right wingers or Christians in Hollywood that just have to keep their mouth shut to get get a job? And that and that's, you know, that's that's hard. Like you you think about that is that, you know, they they were probably coming up in Hollywood at a time that it wasn't as politicized as it is now. I mean, an overtly satanic. True. And then, you know, today, now you're left with, all right, I built my whole life on this trade, this skill. I can't just leave it. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I have, I've had this conversation with other people. How do people, if that's their desire to reach the Hollywood mountaintop, what compromises do you have to make to get there? Yeah, and that that's the, you know, that's, I'm not in Hollywood, so <laughs> that's the, not either. Yeah, and that's the crazy part is like you know you, you have to wonder about those things because you know I've even like uh, talked to my wife about you know like I would never wish that on my child to <laughs> to be a, hey, man, an actor. You should see how many people come out the other side of Hollywood that are uh, 
drug addicts. Just nuts. It's cases, insanity. If they, if they survive. If they literally survive, because not all of them, dude, there's tons of abuse. It's tons of pedophilia. You only hear 10% of the stories. Um, it's just a horror. It's a horror show. What goes on behind the scenes. I mean, and just to touch on that, I mean, like, I know this is the, nobody has the answer, but what would. Why do you think pedophilia is so prevalent? In Hollywood? Because yeah. it's with that world culture. That's what people okay. go to Hollywood. I think that that's. That's the attraction. I want to go get power in Hollywood. I want to change the culture. I want to do what I want. So that's why you see all kinds of sexual strangeness there. There's all kinds of stuff under the surface that never makes it to the makes it to the light of day. But yeah, it's a Hollywood's a very dark place in general. I, if I was a Christian trying to make movies or music, I wouldn't even touch foot there, man. It's not a place for you. Yeah, because it, it just it it, it 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 just seems like it. Yeah, it was well, trapped. Right, there's a lot of initiation. There's a lot of uh, people get ahead by compromising themselves. There's a lot of you know, yeah. There's a lot of strange stuff. A lot of strange. And people. yeah, I mean, yeah, and you know, people listen might think that like, oh, this is conspiracy or this is oh. you know, it's not that bad. But I mean, you just have to look at just. You can watch TMZ videos, and those are the most uninformative. But you'll just see how nuts are. You know, it's just a constant. Look at Michael Jackson. Look at all these big names. I mean, Michael Jackson probably was a serial predator. He only got caught for a few people, but I bet he's paying off tons of people. And I bet a lot of those people who denied that something happened are lying. That would be my opinion. So everyone who says, "Oh yeah, nothing happened," are lying. They probably got paid off. Or yeah, or you know, a lot of times when people are faced with that type of horror, they just they it's better they feel it's it's easier just to be in denial. Absolutely, that's the same in the Catholic Church. It's the same in all these other places. It's not a lot of that sex abuse is not focused merely on the Catholic Church. It's a lot of Protestant denominations as well. Oh yeah, that's it. yeah, it's it's everywhere. Yeah, all the and, so. Yeah, and I think something I've struggled with too is like thinking, okay, like somebody would blow the whistle. Somebody would, you know, just numerous different topics, but then, you know, don't underestimate people's ability to just ignore things. Right, but if also... If they're not directly involved. Do you know what whistleblowers get in Hollywood if somebody's on a set and say something goes wrong? They get blackballed. They're done. Donezo. No more jobs. You know? You see something bad happen, you're a set designer, just keep your mouth shut and hopefully you'll get paid, get work, more work. That's, a, that's the way it really works. And well, I think, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Just saying. I mean, that's just. Uh, that's why so many people kept quiet about Weinstein and all these other abuses. Is just because. And that's one. That's oh. one thing I've seen where it's really enlightened me, is, like with Dershowitz. Is that, the, the legal system? They'll kill you with the legal system. Yes. And that Hollywood has the most money, so the more money that's consolidated, you're just going to get killed in like litigation or paperwork or you know I don't know much about law, but settlements. Uh, there's a guy there, Marty Singer, is their kind of go-to person to arrange things, settlements, stuff like that. I bet he has the most amazing files that nobody's ever seen. No gossip columnist, no nothing, because a lot of the stuff just gets settled. There's agreements. 
somebody talks. I was thinking just the other day about the uh, Jeff Bezos pictures. Do you remember that? Do you remember that story where somebody had his pictures that he was sending uh, to his girlfriend? And that's why. Yeah. He so that that came out. He called Marty Singer and David Boys. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And another guy's name I can't remember. Do you remember what happened to that story? It disappeared. That story. Yeah. Taken off of everything. And every, it was huge for like a week. Week and gone, dude. Where they're <laughs> like, oh, he's going to have to pay half his fortune to this yeah. woman. And then, yeah, yeah, you're right. I never thought about that. That's That shows the power. And that's exactly what they want. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Right behind the scenes. So all yeah. that stuff's done. Nobody fights against that. There were probably some kind of uh, beneath the surface arrangements done. But that's the way it all works with guys with a lot of money. And Bezos has the most. So Yeah. Well, I know it's getting around four o'clock. You're saying you have a, another well, obligation. I have so. Somebody's supposed to come here and I'm supposed to get something fixed. So I don't know if he'll show up on time, but we'll see. Oh, okay. Okay. So you just want to keep going for a few more minutes? What else do you, what do you want to cover? Anything else you want to cover? So yeah, we were covering, you know, like Crowley. And then I mentioned to you earlier talking about, I guess, focus a little bit more on music. And um, we were talking about uh, Trent Renzer or Reznor. Reznor. Yeah. And his kind of the darkness with that. Yeah, pretty dark. I mean, I, I featured his video that was done by a guy named Peter Christofferson, Broken, because the arc of that video fits the pro or fits the exact kind of MO for what's known as the smiley face killings. A young guy out at night gets abducted and then drowned, either ritually or something. I don't know what they did with the body, but it's the same arc of that of uh, that video. And, and is that is that something you'd be willing to come on another time to talk about? Sure. Just the smiley face killers. I know that's a whole. Absolutely. That's a whole nother, and that's something I I think that is very disturbing. Super disturbing because yeah, because like that was the first time I heard the uh, the Nine Inch Nails video. Listening to you, and I was like, ah, well, it can't be that bad. Then I found it, and I'm like, this is like a a faux snuff film. Right. Exactly. I think, and it was made in the '90s, and it's more disturbing than some of the stuff I've seen recently. Yes, yeah, it's really. So, uh, I featured like a uh, still frame of that video on the cover of my film, Smiley Face Killer. So, and did did you did you ever hear the story about he he was approached by the police investigating a murder? Yes. Yeah. About you know they found the camera or something, but they were they tied it to a balloon to film and. You know, there's all kinds of strangeness surrounding him. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, every interview, and you know, as a, as a normal person, you can watch, and I, I just try to watch interviews with these people. Well, it's interesting because he, I think he, he recorded um, the downward spiral at the uh, Sharon Tate house where she was murdered. So he was there. I think he was living at, at some correlation between him and Marilyn Manson. And 
Um, yeah, there's just a whole one of his new bands, post Nine Inch Nails bands, references Peter Christofferson's poetry, How to Kill Angels. So yeah, there's a lot of um, strange things there, no question. Yeah, yeah, and that that was just you know it was uh it was shocking because you know I never really listened to Nine Inch Nails, but then once I really started like looking into like his body of work, I'm like, you know, this is a oh. a disturbing guy. Yeah, look at Happiness is Slavery is about bondage and S and M stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, and it, it just uh, I guess it's just, yeah, just one more thing, you know, with with Hollywood. And, yeah, uh, no question. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, you see, you you scratch the surface. That's all. They're they're much more similar in mindset than you might believe. A lot of these people, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And have you heard of it, 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 this? Is a little, not a little off topic, but I saw a, an ad for. It's like a sex club called Sanctum. Yes, I've heard of that. I think that's the one. Wasn't like Bill Maher a member of it or something? Yeah, yeah. And I, they uh, they're gonna have a show on Showtime, but it's an open sex club. Yeah, but you gotta pay. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but they're open about it. But I think it's like seventy five thousand dollars a year. Right. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's just shocking to me because like, you, did you see Bill Maher? Yeah. Picture of see, him. Yeah. Did you see Bill Maher's tweet about him going to Epstein's Island? No, no. What did yeah. he say? No, he said, I'm I'm gonna be having relate in, in a much more profane way, having relations with a Russian prostitute after I get off, you know, the plane at the island. So these guys, a lot of these guys know exactly what Epstein was up to. A lot of them are just not and commenting that, or saying anything. And that, that's the thing, is like in normal life you know, like a, just a working class person. If I had a friend and I found out he was hanging out with like all the time that there was a pedophile down the street, you know, molesting all the neighborhood kids, I would be like, you knew, like you, <laughs> you had to know. They had to know. Absolutely. You know, like and you can just you, tell, like you would assume that they're all stupid, right? That, that's the only way they wouldn't know because Epstein's walking around with little kids all the time, you know, 15, 14, 16-year-old girls. So Yeah, and I'm sorry. I mean, I, I, in my own life, I've never ran across those type of people, but, you know, you can pick up pretty quickly when somebody's up to no good, when they're living a certain type of lifestyle. Yeah, there's a massive cover-up taking place about Epstein, who knew Epstein, all that stuff. And everybody, all those people were nervous about Epstein testifying, so... Uh, but yeah, that story, yeah, there's a lot more going on for years, for decades of him up to no good. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. It, it's just shocking. Cause you know, it, it's, it seems like everything in the past 10 years is ramped up. Yes. No, I totally agree. What's really scary is like people are, I bet that there's a pedophile group, you know, in politics and, and in Hollywood, you know, they don't really know. And then Epstein pops up. Well, there it is. That that's it. He was trapping and, and they're shaping the story to make it look like he was just a pedophile, like a rampant pedophile. That's part of the story. It's not all the story. This real story is the trafficking and selling of these kids. And that's what uh, Virginia Roberts was talking about as she was trafficked and getting it was like a like a pyramid scheme where they would get one and one would get five and those five would get five 
Yeah, you'll move up the ladder the yeah, more move you up the slave ladder. underneath you. Yeah, you get a slave, absolutely. So it's like a Nexium almost. There's similarities. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it's all the what's concerning me is all the sexual stuff that's ramping up. It's bad, man. It's, it's, yeah, it's bad because it seems like to me that's the most degraded. Yeah, and then you get into blackmail, espionage. You get it all. There's a yeah. whole host, a whole black box, Pandora's box of stuff Epstein was up to that. Some may not and probably should not make the light of day. Um, so what the public knows is, I mean, I, if people think they know the whole story, I think that they're... Yeah, and we never will. I mean, it's just... Well, here's the thing. If you look at his flight locks, he's bouncing around between countries all the time. So if somebody's doing that, what other advantages is he taking? Is it just a sex operation? What else is he moving around? Drugs? What else could he be doing? How did he amass a fortune of $550 million? Yeah, and that, that that's, yeah, it's just always the money is where it gets, you know, yep. you can attribute all these different things, but when somebody has a fortune and they're not, you know, they're not Bill Gates, you're kind of like, well, where, where's this coming from? And they never explain it. Well, it's interesting you bring up Bill Gates. You know he was on one of the logs of one of the flight logs of Epstein? Oh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. It's just, I mean, yeah, this, I didn't. this guy's moving with superpower, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Hey Nick, I gotta wrap it up, man. We're at fifty minutes anyway, so okay, okay. So yeah, um, no, thank you, and just you know, tell any of the listeners where they can uh, find your books, documentaries, you know, contact you, anything like that. Yeah, all my books are on um, Amazon. William Ramsey. My two videos are on Vimeo. V i m e o. William Ramsey. Uh, Smiley Face Killers and Occult Hollywood Volume Two, and I can be found on Facebook and Twitter. Okay. All right. All right, Nick. Thanks again. All right, thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.